0: Welcome to Ice Ice Baby Maybe. I'm Jo Jackson and at the beginning of 2022, having recently gone through a divorce, at the age of 37, I started to get really concerned about my future fertility prospects. It was at this point in time that I decided to freeze my eggs. When I was going through the process, I struggled to find information and relatable stories from women like me who'd gone through a similar process. So this is for you if you're interested in the concept or the prospect of freezing your eggs, if you're wondering truly how it feels, what happens, what that emotional roller coaster really feels like, this is my personal account of my experience of freezing my eggs in the hope that one day I can be a mummy to a little poppet of my own. In today's conversation I'm going to talk you through what happened in the first round of my egg freezing cycle. Um, Round one was a long cycle uh, and I'll explain what that means in a second but I started my first round of egg freezing in at the end of 2021 so in December of 2021 and one of the reasons why they put me on what they call a long cycle is because of the time of year. So I started uh, in the middle of December And based on where I was in my cycle, I would have had they not put me on a long cycle, I would have needed to be collecting my eggs over the bank holidays, you know, for Christmas, New Year and those sorts of things. So one of the reasons they put me on a long cycle was to be able to push my egg collection date out into early January to make sure that they could access the clinic or I could access the clinic and um, they could do all the, you know, the operation and stuff like that in theatre. It's my understanding that they also put me on a long cycle, because effectively what they're doing is they are owning or taking over control of of your cycle by doing a long round of egg freezing and egg collection. Um, so what happens in the in a long cycle, or what happened in my long cycle, I should say, is that for the first couple of weeks, I um, I took some drugs called norethisterone five uh, mg. I took that twice a day. And um, I took those drugs for 17 days. So I started those on the 10th of December 2021 and took them all the way through Christmas and stopped taking them on the 27th of December. Effectively, that norethisterone was stopping my body from doing anything. And. Um, I've heard that it's effectively putting you in the menopause I don't know if that's true or not but that's how it felt to be honest it's effectively like shutting your body down a little bit so that the doctors take complete control of your cycle what's going on inside how many follicles you've got when your period is and all those sorts of things so effectively it kind of puts your body in pause or puts it a bit dormant for a few weeks or, or however long you're taking those those drugs for. Um so during that time it felt really strange. It felt very much like I was going through the menopause. I mean all what I understand what the menopause looks like. So everything swelled up. My tummy swelled up, my bust swelled up. Honestly, my my everything just became like a three times the size it was before. Um, I had such hot flushes, I can't tell you. I remember it was like, you know, just before Christmas, went to go and see a very dear friend of mine. It was freezing cold outside. And there I was like taking all the layers off, stripping down to just a vest top because I was so hot that I couldn't control my body temperature very well. So, yeah, so I, I became quite uncomfortable, you know, having really big sort of bust and, and and a tummy that's sort of swelling and swelling and swelling hot flushes they make you feel the drugs make you feel a little bit woozy as well so a little bit of a sensation of nausea um and I was just like no, it just honestly it felt as though I was going through going through the menopause the change of some sort so I stopped taking those tablets on the 27th of December um and what they say is that about two, somewhere between two and five days after having stopped after stopping taking those tablets, um, that's when um, what they call a withdrawal bleed will happen. So effectively you have like a little mini period. And that's an important date because that effectively starts your cycle. So that's effectively day one, as they would call it, of your cycle. So... When you have your day one of your full period, when you have your bleed, the first thing you have to do is ring up the clinic and let them know. So ringing up someone to announce the fact that you're on your period. Um, And at that point in time, everything starts clicking in. So at that point in time, they'll then confirm exactly what you need to do and when and what dates everything will happen for you on. So day one of a full flow of period um, when when I was sort of clarifying what that meant it's um if it if your period starts before 6 p.m they class that as the first day and if it starts after 6 p.m they class it as being the next day um and it's got to be like a full flow sorry this is quite graphic a full flow of like fresh blood um so no, you know that you're definitely on your period um and then you start with the fun bit she says sarcastically because from day two onwards that's when you start doing your injections so if you've listened to some of my other um, episodes you'll know that there are two different types of injections that do different things so um the first injection that you start with so from day two of your cycle so day one is your period day day two you start injecting um that's when you start your stimulation drugs so the first drug that you're, you're taking is a drug that stimulates your ovaries, your follicles, to do, do the work, if that makes sense. So those injections are, are encouraging your follicles to grow. What they're trying to do is encourage like, as many follicles as possible, somewhere between 8 and 15, or depending on you know your personal body, um, they want to grow as many follicles as possible. So those stimulation drugs um, are called gonad. I can't even say this. Gonadotrophins. <laughs> I might stop trying to say the uh, medical stuff. Um, mine was called Menopur, and I had three hundred and seventy-five a dose of three hundred and seventy-five um, of that. And that is um, that is one of the injections that you have to make up yourself. So you take your little vial of powder, um, and then you add in. So you take the little vial, it's got like a bunger top on the top of it. You then squeeze in with one of the um syringes the, the fluid that you need, and then you take the syringe that you're going to use or in to inject yourself with to then measure out exactly how much of the manipure you're going to need to take. So my starting dose was 375. So you have to, you know, measure out really, really carefully 375. I don't think it's mil, it's like a measure, I don't know, but they show you where it is on the um, syringe. Measure out the 375 and then that's what you need to be injecting. So first check is to make sure there's no bubbles in it because obviously then you're not getting enough of the dosage. But also I think that could cause you a bit of trouble if you've got bubbles in your in your injection. And then secondly, um, the next thing you have to do is make sure that you use the alcohol wipe. So it's like almost like an antibacterial wipe. So you pick which side you're going to inject into Um, rub the alcohol you know antibacterial wipe over your tummy grab your little inch or three inches in my case of um, sort of you know your fat and then you go into that fat at a 90 degree angle with your injection and slowly release the injectable fluid into your tummy One of the things I've learned really, really quickly when I was doing my injections was that if you inject straight away, having done your alcohol antibacterial wipe, it stings like you wouldn't believe. So what I started doing was doing my alcohol-free wipe, letting that dry and then doing the injection. I think, and it's interesting because I've spoken to some other girls, women like me, who've gone through something similar or have done IVF, a lot of people have said, oh yeah, it really does sting. And I worked out that it was the it was the antibacterial stuff getting into the injection hole that was where, that was making it sting. So a little hint and tip: let your alcohol-free sorry, alcohol wipe or your antibacterial cleanser wipe thing um, dry before you do your injection because it definitely takes the sting away. Which is we need anything that's going to make it feel a little bit better, a little bit more manageable. So day two you do use stimulation drugs and um, for, as I say for me that was Menopur 375. What you then do is um, you, you, take, you take those drugs for days two, three and four and then from day five onwards you then add in your second injection. So the second injection is, um, I was on a drug called Phyramidal um, and I had a 0.25mg quantity of that. Now the Phyramidal, (laughs) I don't know if that's the right way to say it, that comes ready, made up. So that's a much easier one to deal with because it's literally take it out of the packet, do your injection, job done. Um, rather than having to measure it all out and you know channel your inner doctor, so <clears throat> from day five that's when um, you start taking the the second drug. So that drug is effectively to stop your body from releasing the follicles or let or from from releasing the eggs in the follicles because obviously when you're wanting to collect your eggs, you're you're wanting all your follicles to be intact. So that they can go in and get your eggs from those follicles rather than, you know, wasting them or losing those eggs. But because your body is, you know, getting the sense that your system is producing all these follicles and naturally what would happen is that they would get a dominant follicle and then the others would die away and the dominant follicle would release the egg. What we're trying to do is almost trick our bodies into not releasing them so that the doctors can go in and do the egg collection for us. the day after you've done your two, um, injections, that's when I had my first scan. Um, so on my first scan that was on the 6th of January. So bear in mind, I started the actual treatment cycle on the 10th of December, stopped the tablets on the 27th of December, had my first day of my period on the 1st of January, happy new year. Um, and then I started on my drugs. Um, sorry, beg your pardon. I started, I had my period on the 31st of December, started my drugs on the 1st of January. And then um, on the 6th of January, went in for my first scan. So on my first scan day, um, what they're looking for on your scan is is to understand how well your body is responding to the drugs. So they're checking a load of different things, but you have a blood test where they're checking your hormone levels. um, And you also have an internal scan, which is the probe that goes inside you. Um, from a blood test point of view, they're looking for your hormone levels. They're wanting to understand how, how well your body's reacting to the hormones that you're injecting into yourself. Uh, they're tracking how high your oestrogen levels are at this point in time. Um, how, how much your um, is your body adapting or taking in that level of oestrogen? And then the internal scan, they're effectively having a look to see what's going on um, in there. And this is when if you've heard my other um, episode this is when they start looking at your ovaries and they, they look at it as almost as if it's an apartment block so they're going from the ground floor through to the first floor and so on and so forth to work out how many follicles you've got and then they start measuring the follicles as well the reason they measure the follicles is because what they're trying to work out is how advanced are the follicles in size and therefore how many of those might well contain eggs or be ready to um, harvest if that's the right word when the day comes. So on my first scan, I had five follicles on my left-hand side and I had nine on my right-hand side. Now my little right ovary has always been a bit of a superstar and has always sort of carried um, quite a lot of the responsibility when I've been going through all of my fertility interventions. So it didn't surprise me that nine on the right-hand side versus five on the left-hand side. But from a, you know, from a first scan, that was a really, really good result. The first scan day in your first round is really daunting. You know, you don't know how your body's responding. You've been doing these injections, which feels really weird in itself. You're starting to feel uncomfortable, like the swelling kind of comes back. Um, and it's all, it's quite, it feels like a very high level of pressure. You know, you don't know what your body's doing. And it's, a, you know, it could be doing loads or it could be doing nothing. You actually don't know what's going on. So first scan day can feel quite daunting but actually, once you've had that first scan, you sort of settle back into the process a little bit more because you know a bit more about what you're dealing with, which is, which is good news. So first, um, yeah, first scan had uh, five on the left-hand side and then nine on the right-hand side. And then I went for a scan the next day. So I'm still doing the two injections in the evenings. Um, and what they said to me after my first scan was that my um, estrogen levels were quite high. So I went in the next day for another scan just to see how I was going. So at this point in time, um, I had 22 follicles, so which is amazing when you think about it, because the day before I had 14, so my body really was like pumping at this point in time. But they said of the 22 follicles, three were growing quite slowly. So realistically, I had 19 that were potentially going to be mature enough or ripe enough, ready for collection. When they looked at my blood test results, though, my oestrogen levels were getting really high. And what they were saying was that they didn't want me to go too quickly. So, yes, they want to pump the follicles and get them going, get them strong. But they don't want to do that too quickly because they want quality follicles. They want quality eggs so that, you you know, when you do your egg collection, you've got the best possible um, outcome. You know, you've got quality mature eggs, not just eggs that maybe aren't as um, aren't as well made, if you like. So after my second scan, they actually reduced down my Menopur dose. So I was taking 375 at the beginning, and they dropped me down to 300. The the point of that is they wanted to slow me down a little bit, and also they don't want to push your body so hard that you are at risk of ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, which is a topic for another day, but it's something that you've got to be really careful of because it can be quite dangerous if they overstimulate your body because your body can't cope with it. So, a few more days of doing the injections in the evening, and then on the 10th of January, I went back in for another scan. And at that point in time, I didn't actually take a note of how many I'd got, but that was my um, that was my final scan before I had to do my trigger shot. What they said to me when they um, when they were looking at the measurements, what they're looking for is that there's enough eggs over a certain size, and that that measurement that they're looking at there was 14. I don't know if that's centimetres or if that's millimetres or if that, I don't know. But they said to me anything over 14 would suggest, would give me my best chance of getting a mature egg out of that follicle. Um, So on the 10th of January, what they looked at, they saw sufficient enough eggs above that size 14 to say, yeah, this is working, it's time now. Because one thing they don't want to do is push the eggs to be too big either because they might your body might release them too early. So um, what they looked at at that point in time was that there were enough eggs, you know, mature enough to be over that size 14 to then say, right, now is a good time for us to do the trigger shot so that in 36 hours we can go in and get the eggs. So the trigger shot, um, I had to do the trigger shot on, on the 10th of January and I had to time it really, really precisely. So... The reason for that is you have to time it exactly 36 hours before your appointment in theatre. That's because your trigger shot is the shot that gets your body to release, almost like open the gates, if you like, on the follicles. You don't want to do that at the wrong time, because if you do that at the wrong time, your eggs might be released too early, which means that the doctors will miss them and they'll get wasted and, and you know, your, all your eggs will disappear. You don't want to do it too late because it will mean that the doctors can't go in and get them. So you've got, they give you a very, very specific time slot to do that. So my um, trigger shot, um, which was a bucellerin bucelelin trigger shot, was um, to be timed exactly at 23.45, so quarter to midnight on the Monday night, because I went in at 11.45am on the Wednesday to go in for my egg collection. So that's the final um, injection and that feels like such a good injection, you've been pumping your body full of all this stuff for all this time and all of a sudden it's like, I've just got one more injection to do, hallelujah, get me in that that theatre, let me give my body a bit of a break. So by that point in time, as I say, you've done sort of somewhere between 10 and 12 days of injections, maybe up to 14 depending on how your body responds um and most of those you've been having two injections a day so your sharp spin is full you um are probably starting to feel a bit uncomfortable now um you've probably got a few little bruises and um it it can feel a little bit overwhelming but trigger shot day just feels so good because you're like yes i'm so close i'm so close now which is amazing When I went in so um, I went in for my egg collection on the Wednesday as I say like quarter to to midday you go in obviously a lot earlier than that you're not allowed to eat um, after midnight the night before you can only drink water um, and you you go in a couple of hours two or three hours before I think it was for them to do all their checks and all those sorts of things when you go in on egg collection day uh, this is how I felt anyway I felt almost like, and I said this at the time, I felt almost like I was a kangaroo with a little joey in my pouch. What I mean by that is my insides felt so heavy and laden down. It felt unbelievable. So I remember walking in that day and it's, I almost felt like I needed to sort of like, almost as if I had a bit of a bump. Obviously I didn't. Um, I was just swollen. But almost like I had to like carry <laughs> carry my insides with me. But if you think about it, your body is only used to having one follicle at any one, any one cycle that's that full, yeah? So, you know, because normally one dominant follicle releases an egg and that's how, how our bodies work. But, you know, I went in and I had over 20 follicles all filled with fluid sort of weighing heavily on me. So it, honestly it felt like I can only describe it as a kangaroo carrying my joey in a pouch. I just it just is a heavy laden feeling. It just you just feel like you're full, which you are. Like you're full of fluid, you're full of hormones. Your body's just, you know, going through it. Um I'm going to talk about the actual egg collection day in a separate podcast because I think that deserves its own little time in the spotlight. But let's just say it's um it's such a relief when you're going in for that day don't get me wrong it's quite daunting because you're going into theatre and you've got a procedure to go through but um, getting to egg collection day does feel like a good day so you go in you have your eggs collected and then um, later on that day you get a phone call to tell you what's what so I knew that they took 20 eggs out of me um, in my first collection And then the embryologists look at all of those eggs and they work out which ones are mature enough to actually freeze. So from those 20 eggs that they took out, 17 were mature enough to freeze. So in my first cycle, I was absolutely over the moon with that. And I know that that is an incredible result and I feel very privileged and very blessed that that's the case. I'm hugely hyper aware that that's not the case for everybody. And so my heart goes out to you if you've had a disappointing um, collection or if you know you're still facing it and, and maybe your body's not responding as you wish it would, or or maybe you, you don't have the same level of sort of response to the hormones. I feel very, very honored and very lucky that my body managed to do that for me. I mean, you know, it is absolutely not a guarantee. So of those 20 that were collected, 17 were mature enough to actually freeze. And the amazing thing in my first cycle was that I got a report. About my eggs, so an actual picture of each of the little eggs once they've been um, thoroughly, you know, looked at and, and checked over by the embryologist. So each of the eggs has got its own almost. I don't know what to call it. It's got it's got a picture of the egg. It's got sort of likelihood in terms of reaching um, blastocyst stage, which is the stage when um, you know it, you've um, inseminated them. And it's also on my report some detail about likelihoods of having a live birth from those eggs um, how many might move forwards onto um just onto blastocyst phase and so on and so forth it's really interesting like the information you can get now um, to show you exactly what's going on with each of these eggs you they get stored in different straws as well so there's like three or four eggs per straw and um and i'll be really interested to know if and when i use my eggs how they decide which eggs to to defrost first and and how that works but for now I've got a little a little picture a little report of all my eggs and the likelihood or the chances of me being able to have a baby from one of those eggs so round one was complete so as I say it started on Friday the 10th of December I had a really lovely Christmas in 2021 It was great really enjoyed it (laughs) not um you know not drinking not well not very much anyway uh taking these tablets um that made me feel like I was in menopause having hot flushes and then period on New Year's Eve and then New Year's Day starting the injections but if there's anything to be said for it starting the year as you mean to go on it felt quite symbolic almost that I was starting on the 1st of January to give myself the best possible chance of being a mummy someday So round one complete and at this point in time they then ask you to have at least one cycle if not two cycles off to let your body reset a little bit before you go again if you choose to do that. I had a really big decision to make because I got 17 eggs which is incredible and again I'm you know caveat I'm very lucky. If you remember the big the big thing that they wanted me to get to was 20 that was almost like the magic number for me. So I then had a bit of a conundrum a bit of a decision to make did I feel that 17 was close enough to 20 or did I want to go again so I'll talk a little bit about that in the next conversation when I explore what happened in round two so yeah spoiler alert I went I went for a second round (laughs) I hope that helps give a little flavour of what happens in um in the rounds and as I say this was a long round the first round was a long round and as I understand it a lot of people have a long round for the first one Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed that and I look forward to catching up with you again next time when I'll share with you a bit more information about round two. Thanks for joining me today on Ice Ice Baby Maybe. I'd be chuffed to bits if you could like, follow and share the podcast and also join me over on Ice Ice Baby underscore maybe on Instagram. I really hope to be able to reach as many women just like you and just like me who are looking at egg freezing as a potential route for them to protect their fertility. For now though, thank you so much. I look forward to catching up with you again next time.